This um, summer we have been um, spending some time uh, working through um, structures of behaviors, things that we can choose to do that can cooperate with what God is already doing and will do um, in us. Uh, how can we how can we partner with Him uh, in in that activity? And so we've been just talking about these transformational practices. And it's important for us to understand that it's not the practices themselves that are transformational or all that significant. It's that the, the practices put us into the place where God can um, more freely uh, operationalize his kingdom in our lives. So, so it's, it's, a, it's a way of developing capacity for what God is, is trying to do. Um, we we are are engaged, um, as we said, in these in these um, conversations that talk about the ebb and flow, the emptying and the filling that these practices engage uh, and and invite us in. And the reason we're doing this is because we are we are first of all before we're, we're anything else before we're anything else we are we are citizens of the kingdom. We're people of God. And the implications of that are that we, we need to learn how to be who we are. It's as if you have been adopted or brought into a family and need to learn the culture, need to learn the, the way the systems operate. You know, if, if you, it, when you start a new job, when you start a, um, uh, an, a new um, school year, or when you, when, you, when you move into a new neighborhood or a new city, there's always a learning curve, right? As you try and, and learn the the culture, learn the learn kind of where things are. You, you know, you, you you get your your Google Maps out and you find out, okay, what's how do I get to Starbucks? And, and okay, now I'm good. Um, or or where you know how do how do I where's the student union building and why do they hide it at the backside of campus? Uh, you know, all of just the, but beyond just locating yourself in time and space, you, you start to acclimate to a particular culture, to a particular way of doing things. And what we're suggesting as a community of faith here, as a people who are, 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 are trying to follow Jesus as best we can for partnering with him in the redemption of this city, is that we also are engaged in, in culture making, in cultural transformation. Uh, and, and so part of the ways that we do that is by, by inviting you into practices that are part of a cultural, and I don't use that in a negative way, part of the way life is done by people in the kingdom. Uh, if, 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 if you grew up in a family uh, or, or came into a family, maybe, maybe you married into a family, and at some point there was an awkward silence at the table. At Thanksgiving, or, or or maybe at the picnic, and you realize somewhere along the line you've you've stuck your foot in it. You didn't know quite what you'd said or quite what you had done, but you knew that that oh okay, I said something. Anybody re resonate with that? Oh, gee, I don't know what I did, but I did something. And then your wife, your husband, or boyfriend, or girlfriend, or friend afterwards says, "Okay, we don't we don't we don't talk about that here, or we don't say that here. That's not." Our, our, our family way. Well, you live in a culture that is, um, it's like bumper cars, right? You, you, get, you get knocked off track 
in the culture of your school or your work life or your patterns of relationships. And, and all of the time, you are supposed to be uh, bringing the kingdom, the culture of the kingdom to bear in that environment. You are getting pummeled relentlessly by that other environment. Anybody feel like you've been in a, in a bumper car this week? You just kind of... And you get out of tune. You get out of calibration. So the discipline we'll talk about today is the discipline of recalibration to reality. Of, of retuning. When our, when our worship leaders get here in the morning, they, the first thing that we do is tune. Make sure that all of the guitars and everybody else is at A440. That, 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 that we're all on the same page. Right? Um, and, and that discipline that we'll talk about this morning is the discipline of worship. It's a discipline that is both individual, that you do on your own in, in almost isolation of the people around you and need to, but it's also a discipline of community where we choose to bring what we've done here in isolation and individuality together with the people of God who each are bringing their own song so that we can join together, if you will, in, a, in an offering of chosen worship. So these transformational practices, this ebb and flow, are about emptying and filling. We don't go into solitude for the sake of being alone. We go into solitude so that we can be present to the Lord. We don't go into silence so that we can enjoy the silence. We go into silence so that we can have our ears tuned to the Lord. You see? So worship is one of the five kind of primary disciplines that we're, we're inviting this community to begin to shape itself with. Solitude, silence, word, prayer, and worship. Those five core chosen behaviors, actions, that shape the way that we look at the rest of the world. Because, again, we get, we get pummeled pretty relentlessly by the stuff that is... Is, is happening around us. And please, let, let's, let's be very clear on this. We live in a, in a culture-shaping machine. This past summer, one of the publishing phenomenon has been a book called Fifty Shades of Grey, which, in my estimation, is diabolical in what it does to especially feminine sexuality but to the nature and pattern of relationships and health and wholeness. But that is a publishing phenomenon. People are being shaped in their understanding. Even if they disagree with, with it, they're being shaped in their understanding of how the world works simply by the existence of that um, pornographic, I'll, I'll use that language, I think that's appropriate, a piece of literature. Literature might not even be writing, scribbling. Anyway, sorry. You, you, you with me? Now, what are you going to do to push back on that? When that's the talk around the water cooler. When, when, when that's the understanding of how things ought to work. Do you see? When, when, whether, whether, and, and, and again, that's just one tiny example. Where do you get the capacity to say your kingdom come and I'm going to embody it in this place and space? Right? And that's what worship does. 
Worship is one of those disciplines that combines both intentional, individual, specific practices with general lifestyle and lifestyle orientation. If you want to follow along on the U version, um, it, it's up on, as a live event there, uh, and you can do that. You can see where it is. If you don't have, to, you, most some of you have already done that. You can find us there uh, under transformational practices. Um, what what we're trying to do then is on a, a weekly, a daily, a moment by moment basis push back against the pressures of distractions that, that occur in our lives. So here's a definition that I want you to think about. It's, a, it's long and dense. It's on the YouVersion page. Uh, if you want it, I can email it to you. It comes from my mentor, uh, Dallas Willard, where he says, In worship, we engage ourselves with, we dwell upon, and we express with our whole being, heart, soul, mind, and strength, in words, or in rituals, or in symbols, or in art, in song, in action, the greatness, beauty, and goodness of God. So I'm engaging my whole self in celebrating God's whole self. In short, it's a, a full celebration of who God is, of his character and his nature, and often what he has done. As a discipline then, remember as an exercise, it is a decision that is then followed by actions. You'll notice there's very little to do with feeling. There's very little to do with, with, with wanting except the outcome. You know, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to go to the gym, but I want the results of having gone to the gym. Right? I, I, don't, I don't always feel like worshiping, but I want a culture that is shaped by people who choose to worship. Do you, do you see what I'm, what I'm after? That's why I can't let my personal preferences, my, my personal taste in music or, or my personal mood in, at any given time, govern my deliberate choosing to worship, and in fact, I want to bring all of that stuff and, and, and offer it up. So whether I feel like it or not, I want to engage in it. So to set the frame for this, we're going to look at a psalm that we've looked at before a while ago, Psalm 100. And uh, I'm just going to ask you to, to, to look at it with me. It says, shout, for the, Lord, shout to, for the joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us and we are His. We are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. So we enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. We give thanks to Him and we praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Now, as you look at that psalm, you get to verse 5 there, and you realize that sometimes that's not your experience. Sometimes your experience is not that the Lord is good or that life is good. How many of you have had one or two days like that, right? Where, where, where things have gone, gone, gone off the rails, where, where you've just taken a, 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 you've been T-boned at the intersection of life. And, and, and are just dealing and reeling with the outcomes of that. How, how then do we worship? And the point of the story is, the Lord is good whether our individual experience 
at the moment of Him is good or not. Our worship then doesn't depend on our experiences. It depends on His character. So we choose to show up because He's good, because He's God and we're not. Does that make sense? So we go back up to the beginning here and, and just look at verse 2 there. Um, the Hebrew in behind the word worship is more literally, trans, more accurately translated serve. So it's a parallel. It says serve the Lord with gladness, then come before Him with joyful song. So you've got this, this dual reality. We serve the Lord um, with gladness and then we come before Him with singing. And that refers to the individual and the corporate components of the discipline, the exercise, the practice of chosen worship. First of all, in the serving of the Lord with gladness. That, in my view, refers to the 24-7 life we live when we're not here. It means as we go from here and, and stand before our, our tomorrow morning, our, our classroom of preschoolers, or stand to argue a case before the judge, or we stand as an advocate, uh, in, 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 in some capacity or, or as, as we sit in front of our computer and, and work on a line of code or a column of figures or, or whatever else it is that you do for, for a living, this is what you do for a life. You serve the Lord in that capacity because that's the place where your life butts up against the kingdom of darkness. And because you embody the kingdom of God, where you are is the cutting edge of that kingdom. You see? So, so what do we do there on the edge to begin to gently shape culture in that environment until it more accurately reflects the kingdom of God? Well, we serve the Lord. Whatever else it is that we're doing, we serve the Lord in the doing of that. How? With gladness. We don't need more angry disgruntled people doing whatever else it is that they do. Have you ever just sat with, a, with, a, with a, somebody at the other side of a counter or maybe a, 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 a wait person taking your order or something and you just realize they just really don't like their job at all? And because I am their job, they probably just don't really like me. Right? Here's the deal. If you're that person on the other end, you are the cutting edge of the kingdom. Serve the Lord in the doing of that task with gladness. Why? Well, I don't, I don't know, but I don't think the world needs one more whiny, complainy person. Do you, do you? Should we just vote some of those folks off the island? What do you, what do you think? And, 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 and here's the deal. My personality is to be one of those people. Right? I, 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 am, I am disgruntled most of the time. It's just part of being a perfectionist. You just know how the world ought to work, and it doesn't. Right? And you know that if everybody else would straighten up and fly right, your life would just be immeasurably happier. Can I get a witness? Right? So what are you going to do when, when, when people just don't want to do life your way? Well, you're going to smarten up and serve the Lord with gladness. Why? Because this isn't about you, it's about His kingdom coming through you and your life in that moment is the cutting edge of the kingdom. Now why do we do that as a worship? Well, because when we come back together again next Sunday morning, that's where we learn the song that we're going to sing seven days later. If we don't serve the Lord with gladness, we don't have a song to sing 
when we gather together before him. Individual and corporate. We learn the song throughout the course of our work week. And by the way, sometimes the song is sad. Sometimes it's frustrated. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes, like I said, we've been T-boned by life. Sometimes we're dealing with catastrophic loss. What do we do with that? We still serve the Lord with gladness. And that's the song we bring when we come together in community next week. Sometimes the songs are in a minor key. Sometimes the songs are with joy, stained with tears. Joy and sadness are not oppositional. They travel together. Joy is what undergirds capacity for sadness without its becoming disabling. Do you see what I'm after here? What if I'm angry at God? Bring it. That's part of how we serve. And that part then of, is part of our song. Do you see? Now why? Well, look at what it says. Know that the Lord is God. Any questions? I don't know if you've noticed there, but there's a corollary to that sentence. You're not. Everybody see that written in between the lines there? If the Lord is God, you aren't. So worship is about recognizing that reality and just standing in it with a level of comfort. Please notice, this has been our issue since beginning of our time. Genesis 3, where we set up camp around the one tree we were asked not to partake of because we didn't have capacity for it. And we figured we knew better than God. We're still doing it in any given form, aren't we? We still negotiate and worship simply says, I give up. I recognize. I don't, I don't, I don't like your rules, but you're God and I'm not. I don't, I don't like the way you want me to live, but you're God and I'm not. And I need, if I, if I, if I, if I want to, 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 to end up right, I need to start right by that simple acknowledgement. It's, it's the old buttoning the, the shirt principle, right? If you get the first button in the first hole, there's a pretty good chance you'll end up right by the time you're finished. But if, how many of you have demonstrated this latter principle, you get the second button in the first hole, guess what's going to happen if you keep buttoning with regularity? You will end up wrong. Worship says first button, first hole. You're God, I'm not. I get that. See what I mean by recalibration? Reorientation? Tuning? Whatever language you want to use, right? To, to, to get us into this, to this space. And worship is, is my chosen way of engaging. That's why I can't let it depend on my feelings. It's not that feelings don't matter. It's that they can't lead the parade. They, they make great caboose, but lousy engine. Lous, lou, what do you call that thing? Locomotive. What's, is that what they used to pull the train? The train puller thing. That thing. Do, 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 you know, do you know what I mean? And, and feelings, are, they function wonderfully as long as they're kept in line. They cannot be trusted with the steering wheel. How many have gotten into the ditch led there by your feelings? This one? Okay. So, so, so this obviously is a much more sophisticated crowd than the 9 o'clock one was. <clears throat> so what, what, what are we doing here? 
we're, we're, we're taking our whole life, and I've just talked about our work life. I want you, we could talk about our relationships between, you know, husbands and wife, boyfriend and girlfriend, and, and our coworkers and our, 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 our neighbors, all of those relationships. We can talk about how we manage our money, we, how we manage it, all, all of those things. We take all of that and say, here. I'm going to reorient all of this in the light of what I know to be true about the way the universe is structured. That is that you're God and I'm not. Well, who am I then? Well, look at it. We're his people. We're, we're the sheep of his pasture. He has set his love on us. We are the ones he has made. That's another reason to worship. He hasn't maintained distance and let us guess our way through existence. He has identified himself, and in identifying himself, has helped us identify ourselves. And so we worship. Okay? So, then when we come, we, we come with thanksgiving and praise and so on and so forth, because even though our current experience might be that he is not good, we know that he is, and that therefore our sadness, our sorrow, our anger, our frustration can be brought to a good God. Remember a couple of three weeks ago, I was talking about praying pain, for those of you who are here. And I mentioned, I just want to underline it again, that two-thirds of the component of incense, which are symbolic of prayer and praise and worship, are bittersweet components, myrrh and frankincense. Those two elements are bitter. They have a, have a, a pungency to them. There's a reason for that. It's that often two-thirds of our life is painful and difficult and hard. And what do we do with it? We bring it. You see? So, so the, the Lord is good, and I'm glad. We bring that. The Lord is good, and I'm sad. We bring that. The Lord is good, and I'm mad. We bring that. Why? Because He's got... And we're not. And the chosen action of worship brings my life into calibration with that core reality. Otherwise, we're going to be flying upside down in, 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 a, in a cloud bank and we're not going to know which way that is up. Does that image make any sense to you? Uh, and, and as a result, we're going to fly by the seat of our pants and discover that we've flown right into the ground. Okay, so what does this mean? When then we serve him with gladness, we come together with joyful sing song. I need you to bring the songs that you have experienced throughout the course of the week in serving him when we gather together on a Sunday morning. At, at the garden, we've made a big deal out of this, and it's an important deal. What happens here on Sunday morning is not the main part of the church. Billy made the point that, that the church is not where we meet, it's who we are. And the reason that we keep emphasizing that over and over and over again is because if we don't remember that, we will start to evaluate our success as a church by what happens here, not what happens there. And it is there that the garden is most needed, not here. Do, do, do you see? But it's still important for us 
to come together so that when you go to work on Monday morning, when you go to work on Monday morning, when you go to school, when you go to wherever it is that you are going to, you have a whole community of people who are standing with you and echoing in your soul is the national anthem of the kingdom of God. Amazing grace. God is God. I'm not. Let's go to work. Do you see? That's how culture gets shaped. It's the songs that shape our self-understanding. I don't know. You've experienced this. When I come in on Sunday morning from RSM, I don't listen to radio. I don't have a playlist playing. I've got a soundtrack going on in my head. And do you know what's in that soundtrack? It's hymns that I learned when I was 10, 11, 12 years of age. Just There's a majesty to the songs that shape my preparation for coming together here, that, that, that shape my... And that, by the way, just in case you're interested, that's why we do the, sing, the kinds of songs that we do here. This isn't, a, this isn't a concert. We have concert-worthy musicians here. We really do. It's amazing. But the truth of the matter is, this isn't what they're doing. They're giving us a soundtrack for life this week. So you'll notice we've, we have 25 or, or 30 songs or so that we've picked out that we keep coming back to over and over and over again. Why do we do that? Because we want them to be, move out of your head. We want you to be able to sing them without looking at the words. We want it to percolate down into your soul so that in the middle of the night when there's no nice PowerPoint reminding you, you have the words of a song that will reshape the culture of the moment. That's why. I have a song to sing today because my church, when I was a kid growing up, sang these hymns over and over and over again. I want you to have a song to sing in 50 years. I want you to have a soul shaped by a culture of chosen worship down the line. Does that make sense? So that means it's important when you come that you come with your song that you come with what you have to bring, that you begin to move into that, into that posture. Because the truth of the matter is, what we're doing here is really weird. I mean, really. Jeremy mentioned here a couple of three weeks ago, where else but in a karaoke bar do you sing out loud with other people around? Now, maybe you do it professionally, maybe you do it for a living, but, but, but for most of us, this is it. This is it. This is in the shower. That's it. There is no other singing happening. And, 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 and so what do we do? You, you bring whatever song you got. I don't sing very well. Okay. I don't know if you noticed here, but it doesn't say, come before him with excellent songs. Did anybody else notice that? And, and why do I emphasize that? Because we disqualify our worship. Why is singing important? Singing in and of itself is not that critical. But what singing does, and you'll notice this, but we stand and sing the national anthem at the ball game. What's happening there? You are making a contribution to a large choir, and then at some time, maybe at an Olympic ceremony, the song that you have sung begins to sing you. The, 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 the words that you have begun to speak in community, 
begin to carry you and you find yourself tearing up because you realize that community now is carrying you. It's lifting you. It's part of your story. That's who I am. It's a point of identification. So when we gather together here on a Sunday morning, we do ask you to sing. But I never sing anywhere else. I know it's not about you. You're not God. I don't sing very well. Then learn. How do you learn? Start by lip syncing. You don't even have to say anything. Just move your lips in a sequence to the words on the screen. And, and Pete and Faith and, and our Jamie and other worship leaders, they'll give you space to, to, to talk your own song. To, to, to Why does this matter? Because worship is not first feeling, it's first decision. It's not whether you like the songs or don't like the songs. It's, it's whether you are willing and able to calibrate around a core reality and let that reality begin to shape your way of thinking as you head into the week. How many of you need that kind of dynamic? I, I desperately need it. I work in a Christian environment most of the time. I need the worship of this group of people on a Sunday morning to carry me into my work, work world. I just do. Because some Sundays, I show up here, and I don't have much of a song to sing. It's been a hell of a week. And that, I, I, I bring that, I bring that. But I need my brothers and sisters around me to carry me with their song. You see? To lift me with their song. Because this is what, what we do. So what do we do? Practical realities. First of all, begin every day with thanksgiving as a regular response in and each every day. Thanksgiving is a just a decided realization that I'm in dependent relationship on God. So I start with Thanksgiving. It is very difficult sometimes to do that because sometimes the day begins with chaos, right? But Thanksgiving is an, a way of orienting from the beginning, first button, first hole. And, and, and it's, it's, it, sometimes it's memorized, and sometimes it feels hypocritical. Sometimes it feels um, uh, false. I, I don't care. Do it anyway. Why? Because you will train yourself into a more accurate way of feeling than you will feel your way into a more accurate way of acting. Does that make sense? So I'm going to choose to do things. It's, it's, like, it's like I have a, have a, a friend who went to a, a, a golf coach who, who, who broke down his, his swing and reconstructed it. And he had to do it by teaching you how to just to do things because he wanted them to do things. I'm, I'm not going to explain. I can't get there from here. We have to break down the way you've been swinging and rebuild it, re recalibrate it. So it's going to feel artificial. It's going to feel phony. It's going to feel like it doesn't fit. Power through that. Push through that. And at the end of that, we'll have a reconstructed golf stroke. That's what we're doing here on Sunday morning. We're asking you to, to bring the Thanksgiving of the week and, and let life become reoriented around a relationship of dependency and as a regular response to each and every day. The second thing I want to do is start to fill my mind with the goodness, the grace, the wonder, the majesty, the superiority of God. Now, how you do that, there's all kinds of ways to do that. 
um, you, you go, go down to the beach and watch the waves crash on the shore. On occasion, whenever it is that we have clouds here in Southern California, we don't have clouds very often. We have cloud cover. That's not the same thing. How many from the Midwest know what clouds are? Whenever I see those, and it doesn't happen to us, but whenever I see them, I just go outside and look. That's just wonder to me. I love a thunderstorm that is bone rattling, right? Where, where you just think the house is going to come down on top of your head. I love that. Right? Because you, you, you just, you, you start to vibrate, right? With the, with, with, with uh, fear, awe. That's an appropriate response. And wonder. What am I doing? I'm just recalibrating. Just go out to, go out to Joshua Tree and lie flat on your back on a big rock in the middle of the night and start to count. You know they have stars out there? It's a good thing to remember that there are places that have actual stars. I don't want a single rose on my journey of life to be passed by without taking advantage of the gift of that beauty to remind me of the goodness and grace and glory of God. A piece of grass fighting its way up through the freeway pavement. What, what do you need to do? That's, that's just the, the nature thing. You, 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 with, with the Scripture, or passages of Scripture that take you places uh, to, to remind you who God is and why He is worthy of our praise. Um, Brendan Manning's works or Henry Nowen's works will talk about the character of God as one who has set His love on us. Romans 8, Colossians 1 through... All kinds of places to go. But I want to train my mind because... Good in, good out. Right? If I, if I, if Paul's language is whatsoever things are true and honorable and lovely and just, Philippians 4 8, some of you are familiar with that passage. And he's just saying, look, stuff's going in there all the time. Why don't you put a bit of a filter on it so that at least it's reshaping your frame of reference towards what is true and helpful? Third thing. I want to begin to offer up each moment as sacrifice to God. So again, the good times and the not so good times, the stressful times, the sitting, the boring time. I want to offer it all, all, all up. I've got to choose to do that. I want to become present in the moment and offer that up to God. Even hard and difficult conversations. Whenever I go into a meeting that I, I, I anticipate is going to be challenging, I want to offer that up. When I'm sitting down with somebody and I have to walk with them through some very difficult things, I offer that up. I want to, I want to submit everything as a sacrifice of worship uh, and, and recalibration around that line. I want to show up and be present at corporate worship. I don't, I don't, I don't want to just show up when I feel like it or when I, when I need it. Here's, here's, here's what happens. By the time you need it, the desire to come is gone. By the time you need it, the desire for it is gone. I've got to be honest, a good chunk of my life, I showed up at worship because I was supposed to. Nothing wrong with that at all. 
I was, I, some of you know I was born and raised in a, in, in a, in a, to, a, to a Christian family. I started to attend church when I was two weeks old. I can count on the fingers of one hand the Sundays I missed between then and the, my 35th birthday. We, my dad would make us go to church when we were on vacation. I know, he was a mean, nasty old man. I, I, can, I can still remember, and this is back in the day when we had Sunday best, you know. You know, you know, you know anybody know what I'm, any old people here? Oh, Jordan, thank you. Okay, so, 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 you know what I mean? So we would go, we would go, I can remember going camping in, in the interior of British Columbia, 105 degrees in the, in the day, in Soyuz, British Columbia. And a beautiful place, gorgeous, 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 dusty campground, no rain for like 12 years. It was just a mess. And, and, and we're tent camping. So, 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 so Sunday morning, in the tent, we are getting our, 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 our Sunday best on. Jackets, ties, white shirt. The whole whole nine yards. We we had to. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Okay. So so and I can my, my dad had to pick my sister and I up and carry us to the car so that the dust of the campground wouldn't contaminate our Sunday best on the way to church. I can remember that. And I'm thinking, what a mean old man. And I look back at it now and I'm thinking, oh, I'm so grateful. He instilled in me a habit that has become a culture-shaping self-understanding. Do, do, do you see? And, and some, I, I'm a, I'm a, I, you know me, I'm a melancholic introvert. I can't remember the last time I felt like coming to church. Coming to here to be with you lovely people, all of you just wonderful folks, is a spiritual discipline for me. Why do I come? Because I desperately need you as part of this community. It's critical. And I don't do it because I feel like it. I do it because I choose to. I don't like all the songs we sing. I'm an old guy. I like hymns. So what? Do, do, do you see? I, I, this, this is not about me. It's about the greatness, goodness, and glory of God. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Which is exactly what we're hearing there. Okay. Then, as you gather together on Sunday morning, can I start to invite you in to a deeper expression of praise, of worship. Use your body. If, if, if this is what you got Sunday morning, can I invite you to take a small step forward and do this? If this is what you got, can you do this? If this is what you got, can you do this? <coughs> Some of you have seen the, the, the meme on Facebook with the, you know, the beginner worshiper who, who kind of and then the intermediate worshiper who... And then the passionate Christ, you know. I, I don't need this right away, but can, can we move from this to this? Because this signals I'm just waiting for it to be over. I have better things to do. Memo to self. No, you don't. You have nothing better to do than worship God. Not now, 
not ever. So what do we do? We grow up. We put our personal preferences aside, and as a corporate spiritual discipline, we sing the songs that Pete has chosen for us to sing today. Why? Because tomorrow, I'm not going to have y'all, and I want the echo of your worship to carry me into the battlefield. You see? That's why. So as we enter into this, um, I'm I'm going to invite you to um, um, uh, do that today. I'm going to ask Pete and, and, and Faith and the rest of the team to come back up. And we're just going to take a few minutes to to worship. And and, and and if this morning you brought mad, bring that. If you brought glad, bring that. If you brought sad, offer that up. Whatever it is that you brought, offer that up. And we're going to just celebrate the greatness, glory, glory and goodness of God. Um, and and, and, and enter, enter into that. If you want to make your way to the art table over here, and if that's a, a, an expression for you today that would be helpful and valuable... Uh, make your way over there. There's a, the cross and the elements of communion are there and at the back as well. If you want to kneel, you can do that. If you want to, we're going to ask you in a moment to stand because the songs that we're going to lead in are standing songs, right? Uh, and I'm, I'm, whatever it is that has been your posture heretofore, can I ask you to take a step forward in your expression of the worship of God? as a way of shaping your soul for tomorrow morning. All right? Let's stand together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your mercy, your grace, your goodness that reframes, redefines, reshapes every bit of our lives. And now, Lord, as we just take a couple minutes and offer our song, oh Lord, I pray that you will reorient our souls to reality, that you are good, that you are God, And I pray that we will participate and stand in that reality as in a few minutes we head out from here. In Jesus' name.